No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. We are live. Welcome, everybody, to Club Wealth TV. Super excited today because I'm not usually excited. I'm usually, you know, really disappointed, but I'm really excited. I'm just kidding. I'm always fairly excited. Uh, but especially today, we've got Brian Beatty on with us. And let me tell you, this guy is the real freaking deal. Top 1% of agents uh, nationally for the last decade. Uh, this is a guy that knows what he's freaking doing. So we're super excited to be on with Brian and uh, very, very excited that you guys are watching today. We're going to learn some stuff today that you can implement in your business right freaking now that will help you grow your business. That's, and so what I want you to do is I want you guys to seriously take notes, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take notes. And remember, if you get just one idea that's going to help you in the next 12 months to take your business to the next level, it's worth your time and to, to invest and pay very, very close attention. So Brian Beatty, welcome to Club Wealth TV. Thank you for being here. And especially before we, I, I turn time over to you, I want to thank my co-host, Brian Curtis, who, as you all know, is from the new New York, right? They say Bentonville is the new New York uh, of America. So it's the New York of the Midwest, essentially. And uh, Brian is a baller there in Bentonville, Arkansas, doing literally over uh, 330 transactions a year, crushing it, running a very profitable business. And I say that, and it's very important that you guys understand that because it's really, and I say it's easy. A lot of people put up big numbers, right? Well, big numbers are great especially when those big numbers are net income numbers, not just look at all the gross revenue I brought in. Look at all the transactions I closed. Nobody freaking cares. Like, I shouldn't say that. People do care. People do think that's impressive. Unfortunately, what they really should be caring about and what you should be caring about is what is your net income at the end of the day? What are you paying taxes on? Uh, because at the end of the day, your wife, your husband, they don't really care that you sold 3 billion homes. They care how much money you brought home and whether or not you spent any freaking time with her and the kids. And so let's make sure we're doing that. And so Brian Beatty, uh, talk to us, man. I'm stoked to have you on. What are we going to learn today? What are you going to be teaching us today? So I think that as real estate agents, we do a really good job of learning how to market ourselves in a listing presentation to get a listing. You know, we're really, we're really good at that uh, as an industry, I think. One of the things we fail at, though, I think on a probably large level is servicing that listing getting price reductions when you need to in order to move those properties and get them from listed to sold and leverage those opportunities along the way to find more business. I think that as an industry, we're, we're, we kind of wimp out a little bit when it comes to getting in front of your clients and selling yourself and the reasons why, hey, we need to adjust the price or we need to rethink our strategy here and, and have them uh, understand it in a way that takes the heat off of you as the listing agent, that it's not your fault. This is what the market is saying. Are we going to respond or are we going to sit around and wait for a miracle to happen? 
I love that, Brian, because, you know, it's interesting. Any agent who's been a anybody who's been in the market for less than five years, I would say, may not know how to do this. And that's not necessarily a diss on someone who's only been doing this for five years. But for the last five years, for the most part, we haven't had to. Right. If I put a sign in the yard and get 15 offers in the first 15 minutes, then I don't have to worry about price reductions. I don't have to worry about, you know, seller management. But here's the thing. this that market, especially for the last 36 months, is an unrealistic market. And I love that you're thinking about this. I've talked about this all the time with my coaching clients. As the market slows, you're gonna have to be better, which is great because yeah. those people who will be better, people like Brian, they're gonna stay in the market. The people who literally only knew how to pound a sign in the yard, they're gonna go away. And gosh, I'm looking forward to that, to be honest. <laughs> But yeah. Brian, no. Coach Brian, can't I just put that sign in the yard and put a key box on it and maybe put it in the MLS and hope that a buyer's going to come by and be just fine? Last year. <laughs> that, and, and you guys, here's the thing. Brian's, both Brian's are really nailing it here with this because I'll tell you what, this is a great time. You're going to see expired. The number of expireds is going to go up in 2019. 2020 should be a great year for expireds. Uh, but you're also going to see people get a lot pickier about who they'll work with. Uh, and that's really good for agents that really know what they're doing because guess what? Their brother, sister, cousin, they're not going to be good enough anymore, right? Because they know that cousin Joey, all he's doing is putting a freaking sign in the yard, putting a uh, key box on it, sticking it in the MLS and praying that somebody will come along and buy it. Uh, and so what these guys are talking, what's that, Brian? I said, absolutely. I was agreeing with you. So yeah. you know, let, let's, Brian, let's talk about where it starts though, because I think this is important and, you know, the, the, the process, because, it, you know, you're not asking you, when you call your seller, I'm guessing, and we haven't talked about this, so I'm just throwing this out there. My guess is you've set them up for what you're going to do and talk about when you're doing that. Cause I think a lot of people miss this and, and I'm, I'm leaning towards my guess is this starts during the listing presentation before you even have a signed contract. So well, tell us, tell us about where you're starting and, and how that process goes for you. Yeah, absolutely. So my pricing strategy, uh, and that's an important phrase right there, pricing strategy. Um, obviously it's talked about at the listing presentation. So when I sit down with a seller, I do, I do my pricing, I do my comps and I get my list price in a fairly old school, but I guess unique way based on what some of these other agents are doing. I literally print out the MLS sheet, the photos, the pricing history, and I show them exactly what I see as I'm going through comps. I sit down next to them and I show them that, and I have them, you know, engage with me as they're looking at those comps to say, what do you think about this house in comparison to your home? You know, we're looking at photos of their kitchen versus uh, the kitchen in the home that I'm sitting in that needs some updates. I'm seeing hardwood floors throughout this other home that this home doesn't have or whatever the case might be. Um, when I'm talking with that seller, especially in this market, and this is, this is part of what's changed over time as this market, at least in Charleston, has started to soften a little bit, is that Yes, we want to get as close as possible to our, our our list price to what we believe the sales price will be. I mean, on our team, our average list to sell price ratio is ninety eight and a half percent, so we get it right pretty pretty often. Um, but I don't necessarily care so much about the initial listing price. What I care more about is the listing price strategy, and that's what we talk about in the listing presentation. And don't, by the way, Brian, if you could do me a favor while we're, while we're talking here, I don't know if you've got another headset or microphone available. We're getting a little bit of feedback on your, on your, uh, or, you know, a little crackle on your microphone there. Uh, but anyway, keep going. Talk to us about this listing strategy because, you know, I, I very, very rarely I don't hear of anybody talk about 
a pricing strategy. Oh, all, all you ever hear about is, well, you got to get the price right. We got to nail it down and it should be this and blah, blah. But strategy behind price, and, and I have a hunch that you're talking about not just at the appointment, but post-appointment strategy for what happens if that price doesn't sell. Right. So you guys have probably all seen the here I can draw it really quickly. You guys have probably all seen this graph. And uh, if you're not using this in your listing presentation, then you should be. But if this is number of showings and this is time, this looks bad, but I'm using it for illustrative purposes. Can you guys see that? Yes. That's the showing curve that you usually get. Mm -hmm. That's when showings usually tend to drop off 30 days after it's been on the market. And so the problem is people will set a listing price and if they know they're overpriced, the seller is going to be tricked into thinking that their price is justified because of the fact that they're getting the most amount of showings in the first 30 days. So if you haven't set them up to understand that, hey, it's not even so much about the showing because it's if we haven't gotten an offer within X number of showings, then we need to adjust our price. And this might not be the answer for everybody, but it's worked well for me because it's something that... I can believe in and help them believe in, which is the 10-5-2 rule. You've ever heard of it? If you don't get showings within 30 days and you're supposed to be getting showings every 30 days, you know that segment of your market is a fairly hot market. You're not getting any showings whatsoever. You might be as much as 10% overpriced. If you're getting less than the number of showings you should be getting on average every month, then you might be 5% overpriced. But if you're getting the showings but not offers, make a 2% price adjustment. And we do that either every 14 days or every 30 days. It just depends on the price range and how hot that price range in that particular segment of our market is. But it's, it's a metric. And that's the, that's the whole point in the pricing strategy is that so many listing agents will say, well, hey, if, if we're not getting a lot of activity or if we haven't gotten any offers, then we're going to need to adjust the price. When you, when you position yourself that way, you're, you're putting a lot of that on your own shoulders rather than having a target that says, hey, if we don't hit these targets, then we need to adjust the price based on metrics that I have access to in this market that I show them while on the listing presentation. So, so I'll just Brian, add up. Real quick. So pretend I'm the seller for a second. Let's, let's literally have that discussion so people can see the actual discussion that's going on. Right. So I will show, you know, we have something called market monitor in our MLS. Um, and that will show me you know, based on this particular area of Charleston, let's say three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, we should be getting eight showings on average every month. Nice. Okay. And you'll see that 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 graph, and it's spread out over a three-year period, so that they can also see some trends. Um, and so I'll say, hey, if we're not getting eight showings per month, let's say we're getting four, then we're looking at about a five percent price adjustment. If we haven't gotten any showings or if we maybe got one within the first 30 days, that's not a good sign. We might be as much as 10% of our price. But if we're getting the showings, if we're getting our eight showings, but we're monitoring the feedback and we're consistently learning that we're number three, four, or five on the list of a buyer's top five, then all we're doing is helping listings number one and number two sell. So we might as well be in number one or number two, which usually requires only a 2% price adjustment. There you go. And then I'll just write that in right on my listing addendum that they agree to adjust the price by X or Y or Z within the first 14 or 30 days. Um, and then we'll have that separate conversation. Okay. No, no, Brian. Well, I was going to throw this out there for those of you who don't have market monitor, by the way, I wrote that down. I want to see if I can get that, you know, 
we're using a pretty standard script out there. What I say is if we're not getting at least 10 showings in three weeks, and I break that down a little bit, a little simpler, basically at least three showings a week, then the market is telling us that we're at least 5% overpriced. So, and it doesn't necessarily, you don't need, if you have a cool tool like Brian has, use that because it makes you look extremely perfect. Again, I'm trying to try to figure out how to get it. It makes you look like you really know what you're doing, but it has some sort of script around that so that they understand that it's not just you. And, you know, understanding that pricing a house is not like pricing a car or a pair of shoes or anything. They're, each house is unique. You know, if you buy a Chevy blazer, then you're getting a Chevy blazer and you can add these different things onto it. That's not true with the house. And we need to get people to understand that their house is unique. And the only thing that we can do is test the market. So um, I love what you're doing with that, that market monitor thing. Again, I'm a little jealous. I don't have that. If you have showing time, you guys have showing time? Mm -hmm. A lot of markets do. Well, they have the same reports. Those market monitor is fed by showing time. Really? Okay analytics that you have access to in the report section and use that perfect and thank you brian I mean, and I, I want to guess that probably 80 percent of the agents watching this probably use showing time it's become very very popular so that's that's great information uh, if you don't take anything else from this use that so and you know, yeah so when you're talking to that seller about you know like i'm sure you guys probably have the reverse prospecting function in your mls mm -hmm. and we we have a big script around how we use that and how we've got a team of 19 people and how you know, if a single agent had to call 300 people to inform them of their new listing, take them all week. There wouldn't be anything else they could do that week, so they're just not going to do it. With 19 people using Mojo, we can get through an entire list and be done in time for lunch. So it's about spreading our net really wide, but also very quickly, doing all these different marketing activities to create interest in their property. Then we can overlay that with the reports from showing time that show us how many showings we should be getting per month per particular area price range and you can also see which agents are showing properties that are similar to yours so here packing a target market that will show the seller here are the things i'm going to specifically do to put your home in front of people that are already expressing interest in similar homes and if we're not getting any showings from that then here's what we're going to do yeah, well, and so you're you're going at it from a very scientific approach, and I'm going to take as much as I love that approach, and as much as I would suggest that agents follow that approach if at all possible. I don't want that to keep anyone from actually going the extra mile and saying, "Hey, look." I don't have all the information I need, but I do know that I need to explain to the seller that you have to get X number of showings per week or we're overpriced, right? It's the market telling us we're overpriced. For me, I always chose a really high number, right? Just because I'm like, hey, look, if we're really priced aggressively, we should get seven to 10 showings a week in Seattle, right? We're a big market, right? You know, and in Bentonville, it might not be as big, right? You know, you might get, I don't know if it's three or four showings a week or whatever the number is, but you guys kind of have a gut. You can, and, and this is where I'm saying agents go on your gut on this. If you don't have the data, ideally get the data. But at the end of the day, you need to you need to have your scripting down and your assistant, whoever, like for me, I wasn't the one calling the sellers on a weekly basis. And I do agree that it's important that we do that. 
I had my assistant calling the sellers on a weekly basis. And so what was really important is that her script matches my script. So for example, I would say, so Brian, uh, you know, as we've talked about already today, you know, you and I don't get to set the price for your home. The market is going to determine what your home is going to sell for. Now, one of the ways that we're going to know if we're priced right or not is by the number of showings that we get. If we are priced appropriately, we should get seven to 10 showings a week. If we are not getting seven to 10 showings a week, it's the market's way of telling us we're overpriced and we need to adjust our price. So it's really important that we watch that. So you're going to get a call from my assistant once a week and she's going to have this conversation with you. But I want to make sure that you and I are watching these stats on a weekly basis. Then my assistant calls up and every single time, this is what she says, So Brian, as you know, based on your conversation with Michael, when he came out and listed your home, we need to be getting seven to 10 showings a week, every week, or we're overpriced. Now this last weekend, we only had two showings. So what I'd like to know is, would you like to reduce the price now or, you know, by 5% or would you like to have Michael come out and talk with you about a potential 10% reduction, which would you prefer? Right. And so I'm going to put, I'm going to throw it out. There. I know that's aggressive. Right. Um, but the idea is that I want to program into their mind and they're, and what, what do they say? Half the time they're like, Oh no, we just want to try it. We just want to go another week. Right. If I don't have pre-authorized price reductions, which on short sales, I always did um, on retail transactions, I would get pre-authorized price reductions about 25% of the time. Um, but I want to go for it every time. So anyway, just some thoughts there, but I love that you have a system and a strategy behind not only pricing the home properly from the beginning, but making sure it remains priced properly. Because here's the thing, you guys, getting a listing is hard enough to begin with. What sucks is so few agents really leverage that listing into additional business. Now, I know you guys are doing a great job of this. So tell us about that. How are you leveraging this into more business? Not just, you know, how am I making sure I get this one sold, but how are you also leveraging it to get more? Let me, uh, if I may, I'm, I want to come back to that, but I just want to add one more mm-hmm. thing. So this is all during the listing appointment that we're setting the stage for price reductions. Mm-hmm. We're also, mm-hmm. we also have a communication guarantee on my team that says we'll be in touch with you at least once per week, every, every week from the time we, from the time we sell. If we don't, you can fire me. No cost, no obligation. And each week, we're going to be monitoring all the feedback and market stats. And so I use those market stats to get price reductions as well. So we'll monitor things like, new listings. Hey, Brian, really quick. I'm getting a couple, a couple of people watching or asking to have you get closer to your microphone or, or just speak up just a little bit. All right. That better? Yes. Much better. Much better. So we're also going to monitor certain aspects of the market and use that to our favor, especially now when our market is shifting to, to help them understand why we need that price reduction. So we're going to look at new listings, overall supply of inventory, how many price reductions were there? Uh, how many properties went under contract? How many closed? What was the average days on market? How many failed to sell? And I'm going to look at you know uh, April versus March, but I'm also going to look at April versus April of last year. And I'm going I'm to try and show them the trend in the market to say, hey, things are getting worse. If we don't get ahead of this, then we're just getting further and further away from what the market's going to be willing to pay for your house. So we used to call that chasing the market as the market went down. You know, it, we're not doing it necessarily because it's kind of flat, but I, I'm sure you, you were selling 10 years ago and all of the, the sellers kept chasing the market. Literally their house is going down in value every single day and they're, mm-hmm. they're coming after it and coming after it. And they could have sold it if they started here. And we're, we may start seeing that again. I hopefully not, but that's something that, that, you know, the audience needs to really consider is that we literally for years and years and years from, Oh, 
end of 07 till about 2011, 2010, sellers were chasing the market because it kept going down and they, they would, you know, oh, it would have sold there last month and it just over and over and over again. And that's what Brian's talking about. Brett, I don't think there's any maybe about it. I think you guys have hit the nail on the head. I think we are going to see that again. I think it's inevitable that we'll see that again. Uh, you know, it's a matter of when we'll see it again. And nobody has a crystal ball, so nobody really knows that. But we can kind of see some writings on the wall right now. We know that this is coming again. We're already seeing some some price adjustments in some areas. Now, yes, there are still tons of markets out there that are hot and getting multiple offers on houses and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. Good for you if you're in that market. But here's the thing. I'm here to tell you guys, ain't going to last forever. Cannot be sustained forever. Uh, and so everybody watching this, guys, you need to be paying attention to this because what Brian just said, what both these guys are saying, if you don't learn this stuff and if you don't implement it at a high level in your business, you're going to be that agent that all of your clients are going to be like, well, why didn't you tell me? You should have seen this coming. Why, why, why did you not know this was going to happen? That's what I pay you for. That's, you know, that's the advantage over hiring some 1% company or whatever. And so here's the deal. We're in sales. It doesn't matter if the market's going down or going up. If they're not getting the showings or if they're getting showings without the offer, both of those scenarios offer a way for you to use a script to get a price reduction. Yeah, that's exactly right. And by the way, you guys, whether the market's going up or down doesn't really matter. It's, it's all good for us. The worst market for real estate agents is a flat market. I want that market going up or down because if it's going up, people are excited. And they're like, oh my gosh, I got to get in. I got to get done. I want to be a part of this before it goes away. If the market's going down, fear kicks in. And all of a sudden now you've got people that are like, oh my gosh, I got to sell my house before it's worth nothing or before I don't have any equity left or whatever. So rising and lowering markets markets create motivation and that motivation creates opportunity for you guys as agents. The question is, how do we take advantage of that opportunity? And that's the key, right? So as we start to taper off and as we start to get into a market that's going to probably correct here soon, we need to make sure that we're building our inventory in a big way. And if we're going to build our inventory in a big way, we need to make sure that we're keeping in touch with these clients. I'll give you an example. I've had listings for as long as three years. Now think about that for just a second. Think about what it's like to have a house listed for three years. And I'm talking about a short sale, right? Obviously on that one. Uh, but the reality is you've got to maintain a relationship with this client for three years. Now, the good news for them is they're able to stay in the house without making a payment during that time. But here's the key. They still get antsy. They still have questions. They still need to be cultivated. They still need to be cared for. And that person's house creates a lot of leads for you via sign calls and marketing and all this other stuff. And that person has the potential to create a lot of business for you through referrals, et cetera. So here's the key. Again, take every listing and then do what Brian and Brian are telling you to do right now. It sounds like it should be a show of its own, Brian and Brian. It's like the Brian Report or something. I don't know. But, uh, but seriously, you, you need to listen to these guys and you need to start marketing these things properly so that you can leverage them to their fullest. Go ahead, Brian Beatty. Go ahead. Oh, so we were talking about now how to, how to leverage these listings uh, to get more listings. One of the things that we do very well uh, that we get a lot of business from is circle prospecting. And it's simple. It's inexpensive. It just takes a lot of time. You know, okay, before you teach us how to do this, I just want to echo that. I just had Diana Ademic uh, was just in the group, uh, literally just today posted that she, she's like, help, I just was doing this circle prospect and all of a sudden I got a seller that wants to sell. What do I do now? Like she, was, like she was surprised that, oh my gosh, it actually happened. But that's the thing is people go into this and I think, Brian, and I don't know how to solve this. Maybe you do. 
but people go into circle prospecting or some of the stuff like they're, you know, prospecting around an open house or, you know, just listed or just sold and stuff. And when they get, it's kind of like when they, when your kid catches a fish for the first time, like they don't know what to do when they get it on the hook. Right. <laughs> so, so when you're doing this circle prospecting, you get the success, you get the person that's like, yeah, I do want to sell. What now? Right. Well, um, and we, I mean, we hit them in four different stages. We hit them obviously when it's just listed, hopefully before it hits the MLS, we're doing a, a pre-listing um, round in that neighborhood. And if, if it's a good listing, we're also targeting some of these other neighborhoods that are slightly lower in price so that would represent a, a neighborhood someone would move from and move up into. Um, so we do okay. just listed. We do, uh, is my connection getting bad? No, I just wanted to say that I think that's so important because here's the thing. So many people say, oh, I just want to target the upper end. I just want to do luxury. I'm not going you know, to blah, blah. What you're saying is, no, 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 no. Look, pick price points that turn over off frequently and that you know we're going to move up into another neighborhood because you get more than one sale out of it. Very potentially, you can end up with three transactions out of that one listing instead of one transaction on a listing that takes a lot longer to sell. The, I love the targeting that you're doing there. So we'll do it just listed. We'll do it when it's under contract. We'll do it when it sells. And then we'll do it 30 days after it sells. The most uh, profitable call is the one 30 days after the sale. And tell us why. What happens? Well, first of all, they've heard from us multiple times. They've seen our signs. They've seen a change from active to pending to sold. Um, they've seen our open houses and everything we do uh, to generate all this interest. We've become a little bit of a familiar face. We're legit now. In mm -hmm. that and so they're more willing to talk to us. And so that's what opens up the conversation for the folks that are like, yeah, you know, we're thinking, you know, maybe a year, maybe a year we'll, we'll think about selling. This is a, this is, you know, you got to play the long game on circle prospecting. This is not necessarily cherry picking for all the people that are like, oh yeah, we're actually talking about putting our house on the market next week. That happens very rarely. You have to be able to follow up well with these people. Um, but even so hold on really quick. Are you calling people? So you say you're circle prospecting and you're calling them. They're going to get four calls from you. So if somebody says, I'm not interested, are you going to call them back again when you get it under contract? And then are you going to call them back again after it's closed and all that? Or talk, talk to us about that. So if we talk to somebody and they say, you know what? No, I'm going to die in this home. You know, I'm making the wooden box move. Mm -hmm. We're not going to call them back. Okay. But if we don't answer or if, they, they give some sort of reason why they can't talk right now, then that to me is not somebody that I'm going to exclude from the next round of phone calls. Um, because I mean, you want to be respectful of people that say, Hey, look, I'm not interested. I'm not moving from here. Whatever the reason might be, even if they're lying, so be it. There's so many numbers in those, uh, those lists that just, just move on. Is, is mm -hmm. Because once you start doing this more and more and more, and you do this more and more often, um, those types of phone calls can suck up a lot of your time if you haven't organized your database. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing I love that you just said, Brian. What I'm hearing is don't get caught in the weeds. Don't worry about, oh, should I call this guy, not call this guy, spend 15 minutes deciding whether to call somebody. You could have called 10 other people in that 15 minutes. And, and agents do that. They get into this perfection thing of I've got to make sure I do everything exactly right. You, here's how you don't have to do that is if you take consistent action like Brian is over and over and over again. 
much more profitable than making sure you call the exact right person at the exact right time and have the exact right script. It's about activities over and over and over again and consistency. You know, um, I'm a big fan of the compound effect, and that's what I'm hearing you're doing right now. Is basically we're doing the same thing that we know works over and over and over again, and we're not getting caught in the minutia. Yeah. A lot of my marketing, I was explaining this to somebody the other day. Actually, I was explaining it to one of my friends who's just in a different market. I was like, a lot of my marketing is uh, myself and my team kind of force feeding information to people until they literally tell me they don't want it anymore. <laughs> um, but when we do the circle prospecting, when we door knock for the open house, when we have the open house, when we you know, are out there showing the property, you know, we're, we're just doing all this activity you have to almost in some instances buy the right to have conversations with these people. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, in Charleston, I've got markets that are waterfront, oceanfront, equestrian, downtown lofts, historic properties, you know, everything in between. So um, our, our sales are all over the place from an average uh, sales price, which does require a little bit of a different tactic. Uh, if I'm circle prospecting million dollar homes versus a hundred thousand dollar condo, um, so what is that different tactic? Talk to us about that. Um, it, you just have to be a little bit more eloquent on the phone when mm -hmm. you're talking to a luxury seller because they're, you know, they don't want, well, nobody wants the phone call, right? Nobody really wants to sit there and chat. You're just hoping to catch them at the right time and provide them with enough information and value and reason to listen to you talk for the next two, three minutes and provide them of something of value, which would be a monthly market report or an evaluation on their home. You know, if they had to sell within the next 30 days, what would it sell for? Or, um, you know, do you want to receive a list from the MLS to, on a monthly basis of homes that hit the market so you can monitor the value of your home, whatever the case might be. Um, so, I mean, in truth, it's not all that different. It's just in your tonality and in your, in your approach with that particular person. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So keep going. So, so how are we going to, well, are we, are we, are we covered the marketing part or is there more you want to cover on the, on the marketing, that listing part? I mean, that's one of the things that we do. Um, I've got a marketing manager for our Facebook page. That does a really good job of, of promoting our listings online. We use YLOPA for that as well. Mm -hmm. List of rockets, which is a great lead gen tool. Um, but you know, another simple trick here that, everybody should be doing at a very large level is, is the open house program, you know, and follow it just like Michael's created it uh, on that Trello card. And you can't go wrong. I mean, we're getting 15, 20 people to our open houses and we are just filling our pipeline with people. Yeah. You know, people, it's funny to me the agents nowadays, a lot of times, cause they're so into, Oh, the, you know, social media and Facebook this and Instagram that, and I got to have, you know, I, I just got to, I want to buy leads here and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, why are you not just picking up the gold that's laying on the ground right next to you? Open houses are one of the, and they have been for years. They are one of the best ways to get business. When you have a listing, dude, that's gold right there. You can leverage that listing into so much more business and open houses are one of the best ways to do that. Problem is most people, when they go to do an open house, they just, you know, they kind of casually roll into it, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to throw a couple of signs up. I'll show up and I'll kind of do this open house. Yeah. Dude, if you if, if I'm going to take three or more hours of my day to sit in a freaking house, I'm going to make sure I got traffic coming through there. I want bodies so that I have people to talk to, so I have a chance of doing some business. It's not when when you have two or three people coming through your open house, that sucks. 
Like that sounds like a terrible day to me. And then I've also got people that say, well, I don't want more than 15 or 20 because if I have more than 15 or 20, it's really hard to talk to everybody and to really spend time with everybody. What would you guys say to that? What a bad problem to have. Yeah, that's a problem that you can solve. I mean, that I, I, that feels somewhat ignorant to me. If you said that and I've just insulted you, I apologize. But, you know, the idea is if you've got three people, then, you know, maybe one or maybe one of them will do it. If you've got 15 people that come into your open house, it's just a math game as far as I'm concerned. It feels like it, I'd rather have 15 than three every time. And to your point, Michael, this is a, a huge pet peeve of mine. I'm going to go and I'm going to set up signs for an hour. I'm, you know, we're going to spend money on advertising. We're going to do all this stuff. I'm going to go and be away from my family for two to three, four hours on a Sunday afternoon to play Tetris on my phone or to pay candy. Oh. That makes no sense to me. And Oh, one person came in and I'm not saying that, it, you know, one transaction out of an open house isn't fabulous because it is, but it give yourself the best chance to succeed. And, you know, instead of spending four hours, spend five because your four hours gets you one person and five hours gets you 15. And, and I just, you know, go on that little tiny extra effort that's going to put you over the top. I think it's vital. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And oh, go ahead, Brian. And by, by, by the way, Brian Beatty, if you could still remember to project really loud, I'm still getting some people saying your audio is really kind of quiet. Uh, but go ahead, Brian Beatty. We found, I mean, we haven't sold very many homes at an open house where somebody came in and decided to buy it. I mean, it's, it's probably in the neighborhood of between six and 10. But open houses are frankly designed for two things. It's designed to do recon, to learn more about an area, um, or to shop for a real estate agent because there are there are people out there that do that, mm -hmm. or it's for a way for a, a buyer that is interested in that house to see it in a somewhat non-threatening environment. Because if they've registered on Zillow or if they've put their information in somewhere else and they've experienced that bombardment of phone calls and emails and text messages from an agent, they've wisened up and they're like, <laughs> not doing that again. I'm just going to go look at a few open houses. It's a great way to pick people up. I'm telling you, there's, there's huge opportunity. If you look at it as an opportunity rather than, Oh, my seller wants me to do an open house. If you take that approach, it's not going to be successful. Totally yes. agree. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I, I was just going to just piggyback on what Brian said. Over 80% of potential people who walk into an open house statistically are unrepresented. That is a huge opportunity for us to convert those people. And, you know, to Brian's point, it's not about bombarding them and calling them 15 times in the next five minutes. It's about your face to face with these people, give them some value, give them. And I heard Brian say this a bunch. We give them value, 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 value. And then we ask, and you know, it's give, give, give. It's almost uh, like a, I can't remember, Gary V, you know, <laughs> jab, 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 right hook. And that's the same idea, value, 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 then you can ask. So, you know, a lot of reciprocation does kick in. If you give these people value, they'll reciprocate. So, you know, continue to think about that. Think about eight out of 10 people who walk in the door in an open house don't have an agent. What are you doing with those people? Well, and take that a step further. It's eight out of 10 don't have an agent and 72% of the of uh, consumers of, of buyers work with the first agent they come in contact with. You've got an awful good chance of doing some business with those folks. Take that another step further. And if we understand that 40% of those people that come through that door, and obviously if you're in the right price point, right? We don't want to be in the entry level. We want to be in that next step up. If we're in that next step up, we're going to get a minimum of 40% of the people that walk through that door have a house to sell. Guys, this is huge. The, 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 the math behind this is undeniable. 
and it's in your favor. The key is you got to get out there and you got to freaking do something. You got to at least hold the open houses. Uh, Doris is saying, hey, look, if you've got that many people out there, and thank you for this great comment, Doris, says if, if you you bring if you got that many people out there, bring your lender, hire a couple of real estate agents to come and help you with the flow of conversations. I can't wait to get into a position where I've got too many people that I can't that I just I can't get to all of them. And by the way, if you guys want the checklist for the open houses, go to www.clubwealth.com forward slash open house. Uh, and you can get our checklist on exactly what we do to get 50 to 150 people out to each of these open houses. Uh, but I'm telling you that you're, it's not going to happen if you don't just do it, right? Like you've got to take action. So next time you're sitting in an open house with two or three people walking through, I want you to think to yourself, you know, it's kind of like the VA commercials. I could have had a, a massive open house instead of having a, you know, a, a crappy one. And it's as simple as, man, if I want to get 50 to 150 people, I, I got to put a little bit of effort into it up front. So, well, And I love what you said, Michael, because it's really important to understand that basically four out of 10 people who walk in might have a house to sell. They are interviewing you without you knowing it. Most people are looking at your marketing. If you've got 10 signs on the street that that open house is, that seller's gonna go, the last agent I sold a house put one sign at the corner and one in my front yard and three people showed up. This guy, I walk in and there's 12 other people in the house. I've got you know marketing and all this stuff going on. Who am I gonna hire? And that's what you're looking for. You don't ever have an idea when you're interviewing. So just assume that you're interviewing 100% of the time. Yep, exactly. By the way, real quick, uh, folks, just uh, two quick things. One, we have about 10 minutes left for you guys. We're giving away a big screen TV. We're going to give it away right here on the show today. Uh, and so the way you get a chance to win is add agents to the Facebook group. If you go in right now, you just add, for every agent you add to the Club Wealth Real Estate Agent Mastermind group, you're going to get one entry into the drawing for this big screen TV. I am literally going to draw the winner in 10 minutes from right now. Right now, we've got, uh, it's 8.43 my time. So at 8.53 my time, I'm going to draw for the winner. Actually, we're going to do it right at the very end. So we're going to give you to the end of the show. So get those people added right now. Uh, that being said, I also want to share one last thing. Okay, we got to pay the bills. So I got a shout out to our sponsor, Wise Hire. Uh, and uh, by the way, we use those guys for, for recruiting, whether it's for administrative support or agents to our teams. And remember, you guys, when you're early in your career, tier one, you're really focused on lead generation. In tier two, you got to be lead generating and recruiting. And every other tier thereafter, you've got to be doing lead generation and recruiting uh, at a high level. So we love Wise Hire. They give us a great discount and uh, they do a great job for us. So that being said, Brian Beatty, keep going. You know, I'd written down here that I have a few hacks for uh, a few different things. One of them that I forgot to mention that I think might be worth mentioning, and, and if you if you use this, good for you. Uh, if not, then sorry for wasting your time. But um, when we talk about price reductions and we're working with some of those sellers that are a little reluctant to take that leap, even if you've trained them up, even if you've coached them to understand that it's, hey, it's not me. It's not necessarily my opinion. It's the market telling us that this is what needs to happen. Um, and again, I'd mentioned that I'm all about kind of force feeding people information from a marketing standpoint, just creating that top of mind awareness. So one of the things that I'll do is, you know, in my MLS, the minimum amount that you can reduce a price by is $10. So I will do a price reduction by $10 a day for 10 days in a row. And every day I'm going to change the front photo of that listing. 
So I've essentially forced the people that are getting all those email alerts for new listings to look at my listing. Dude, first of all, I, in our market, that wasn't even possible, right? I got to tell you, for, if, if your market allows you to do that, you're crazy if you're not doing that. That is such a great move. Good for you, man, because you're right, because now it's showing up at the top of their hot sheet every morning. Dude, that is a great move. And changing the photo, man, that's just ninja. Love yeah. that. So it's just, you know, uh, no, no, or bad, no such thing as bad press, right? No such thing as overexposure, as Donald Trump wrote. Um, so you say, hey, and if we haven't had X number of showings or an offer within 14 days from starting this project, then we're going to go after the 5% reduction. Okay, so that's huge. And that's part of your, obviously, your strategy that you're sharing with them right off the bat. How about this? When do you put it on the market? When you first, when you first list a house, what day of the week do you put it on the market? Thursday. Same here. Brian, what are you doing? First available. And I know that people talk against that, but for me, it's too challenging with the number of houses that we list in any given week to try and get them all come in on Thursday. Um, that would be a, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare. And also I don't know that we're going to get enough benefit from that, but I understand where you're coming from. And if I had to pick a day, I would agree with you, but I'm not going to wait three days if I can have a house on the market on Monday, I'm going to have a house on the market on Monday. So for me, the reason I did it is because it shows up as a new listing all weekend long. Uh, and, you know, it increased my chances. My strategy was always built around, I want to get multiple offers. My, my number one goal is I want to get multiple offers that first weekend so I can work those offers against each other, get the price up. And this was by having that conversation with the seller, that's one of the ways I got them to price the house appropriately. Uh, and so for me, it was key to put it on the market on Thursday, not accept or look at offers until Monday. Uh, and then by Monday, generally speaking, if we've priced it aggressively, which aggressive to me is 10% below market. Uh, but even if I can get it at 5% below market, there's a good chance I'm going to get multiple offers that first weekend, work them against each other and get the price up to well above market price. Uh, and so I think that's, it takes, it takes some guts to get in there and do that, right? Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of have, uh, I'm trying to think of an appropriate way to say this, but you just, you got to have some guts. We'll just say, call it that, you know, to, to put that out there, because if you fail, you know, if they price it at whatever, you know, they price it, what they think is 5% below market or 10% below market, and you don't get that many uh, offers or you don't get any offers. Now, what do you do? Now it's a challenge. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. I'm not looking to sell my house the first weekend. That's actually the exact thing I don't want to do. If it happens, great. But for me, ideally, I've got a house on the market about three weeks and then I get an offer and we do it. That, that's ideal. If I could draw it up exactly how I want it, and of course, I'm, <laughs> I don't have that ability, but I really don't want to sell it the first weekend because I feel like I'm missing buyers. And here's the other thing. I've right. seen do this all the time. And this is something to really consider. If you sold a house in a day, and I see that all the time, I sold this house in one day. The very first question that seller asks is, did I ask enough for that house? Was yeah. the offer enough? Was And so I really don't want to sell a house in a day for so many reasons that, you know, because here's the thing, if I sold it in a day, there's five other people who wanted to look at it. That cash buyer didn't come in, that other person who was going to make a 5% over market that didn't care about the appraisal. Yes, it's great to get it sold in one day, but, you know, there's a lot of problems that come with that. And so be very, very careful when you're out there pricing something to sell in a day and you take that first offer. That to me says maybe you didn't do your job. It was great and easy for you, but 
you know, you've got some fiduciary responsibility to that client. And by the way, who wants to sell a house in a day? I don't get any buyer leads. Well, and this is exactly, I'm sorry, Brian, really quick before you jump in. Brian, Curtis, this is exactly why we tell people there's no one right way to be successful in real estate. I mean, look at this. Brian and I are using two exact opposite strategies here, right? Both work for different reasons. So it's, you guys, there's not one way to do this. What you need to do is you need to figure out what's the best way for you. What's the way that you're going to be most comfortable with? What's the way that's going to help you be as authentic as possible with your clients so that they see your sincerity, so that they see your confidence in your strategy? And when they are confident in your strategy, they'll be confident in you. And if they're confident in you, guess what they'll do? They'll send you freaking referrals. So for Brian to try and implement my strategy would be uh, inauthentic for the way he does business. And they would sense that. Same thing with me. If I was trying to implement his strategy, it would be inauthentic for me. You guys, figure out, and a great way to do this is get with your coach, sit down with your coach and have your coach go through these strategies with you and figure out which of them are going to be the best for you. Brian Beatty, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, it, you know, for those properties that sell in one or two or three days, I mean, when I look at my uh, stats, a third of my listings sell in less than a week, the other third sell between a week and 30 days, and the other third sell 30 days or more. And I tell the seller that, because you have to understand that when you're asking the right questions at a listing presentation, you're going to understand what their time frame is. Some people don't care at all that you sell homes in, you know, 48 hours on average. That's not their goal. That doesn't apply to them. Um, that's not consistent with their pricing strategy. But I also tell people that although this is our goal is to sell it quickly, if we underprice this property by say 3%, I'm going to expect multiple offers, but here's the other thing, and, and this might help you, you, Brian, but or anybody else listening, but if you sell a home in a day, if you haven't told the seller at the listing presentation that there's an element of luck associated with that, then they are going to feel that way, that you underpriced the home. We were in the right place at the right time with the right message, with the right house, and somebody came along and bought it. You know, I think along with that, I think, you know, we've got to understand the communication at the listing appointment is mission critical. You have to set appropriate expectations at the listing appointment. I just put uh, in the chat, the, I put in the, uh, the link to our 44-point listing appointment checklist. Let me tell you, the way that this thing came about, the way that we dialed this thing in was because of the need to set proper expectations during that listing appointment. When you do that, guess what happens? They get what they expected. They're happy. When you do not set proper expectations, it doesn't matter how great a job you do. If it's not what they expected, you, you, know, you might be thinking, oh, it's great that I sold it in a day. And they might be thinking, you're a freaking moron. You sold it for too cheap. I knew I should have picked somebody else. And yeah. now you're not getting referrals. So you guys, follow the checklist. Go to that link and, and download the free listing appointment checklist. But at the end of the day, get into a groove. Get into the habit of you are absolutely following the same system every single time. And they are getting the same customer experience every single time. It is so important. Well, and to follow that up, here's a, here's a great thing to ask somebody. What do you want? Here's one of the things that we forget as real estate agents. We go in, we've got our whole pitch, we line it up and everything's perfect. Maybe the seller doesn't want to sell their house in a day. Maybe they want to hold on to it as, you know, they're willing to hold on to it to get more money. Or maybe they don't care about how much money because they just need to get the house sold because they got to move in a week. So 
and I know that sounds really silly, but you know, there's a this balance between time on market and price. So if you're willing to wait a little bit longer, you know, we can price it a little bit higher. But if you want to sell it quickly, then we probably need to price it a little bit more aggressively. Which strategy works better for you? And you know, it's not about us. We forget that sometimes because we're in there, we're trying to make sales. But remember, if you service the seller in the way that they want to be serviced, and how do you do that? This is a crazy way. You ask them. So and Brian, I agree with you. You've got to ask that question. And here's the thing: I would forget that question nine times out of ten if I didn't follow a freaking checklist. And this yeah. is why I tell people, and, and people don't I like, oh, I just get so frustrated because I feel like I'm just it's like when you're talking to your kids and you're like, you know, seriously, don't put your hand on that hot stove. And it's like they just won't listen for whatever reason. Or, you know, trust me, going out with that group of people is not gonna end well for you, right? Like they just don't listen or whatever. And it's like I'm telling everybody. Guys, use a checklist. If you guys aren't using a listing checklist, you are forgetting things you need to have conversations about at that appointment. And if you're forgetting to ask the question that Brian just gave you, guys, you're missing opportunities and you're pissing people off and you don't even realize it. They are questioning you and your judgment and your quality and you don't even realize it because you're not asking the right questions. Why? Because you don't have those questions on a checklist that you follow every single freaking time. Case in point, if you were getting on an airplane, do you think the pilot had a checklist? Do you hope they do? Because I would hate to have the pilot forget to put the landing gear down before we land, right? Like they've got a checklist for what do I do when I'm on approach, right? Oh, don't forget to put the landing gear down. That's a good thing, right? So you guys, don't forget to put the landing gear down in your business. Make sure you're following that checklist. Okay, guys, we've got two more minutes for you guys to give us some top, some top takeaways and some things that we can implement right now. And then we're going to go to the drawing and I'm going to draw. Uh, and again, if you guys haven't done so already, right now you can go in. Aubrey is going to be bringing me my envelope here in about two minutes uh, with the winner in it. And you get an entry for every person you add to the Facebook group. So add them now. Uh, and I say person, agents, real estate agents, please don't add you know, your barber because they're not going to get any value out of the club wealth group, but the agents will. So Brian Beatty, go ahead. One of my saving graces is my pre-listing questionnaire. All of these questions that we've been talking about, uh, all of the strategies that I use, um, I, I know about before that appointment even occurs. You know, a lot of our appointments are set by our ISAs. If I receive an inbound, you know, hey, come, come list me. And I'm, just, I'm not just going to say, hey, great, let's meet tomorrow at three. I'm going to run through my list of questions. And if you're not being systematic in your approach, both before and during and after that listing presentation, um, then you're just subject to, you know, were you on or were you off that day? Because we all have our on and off days. And if you're just going to leave it to chance and how you feel and your amount of energy or your entrepreneurial spirit, then that's not systematic and it's certainly not scalable. Yeah. And by the way, really quick, you guys, here's what I want you to type in before I forget. Everybody type into your, uh, your, the chat here in the Facebook group. I see everybody's watching this in the Facebook group. And by the way, shout out to Jeff Russell, David Fresquez, Doris Ostrander, Tim Michael Ray, Mr. 450 transactions this last year. Crushing it. Way to go, Tim. Uh, if you guys just do me a favor, I want you to type in your screen if you're using a checklist or not on your listing appointments. So just type in check, using a checklist or not using a checklist. Somehow just explain in there that whether or not you're using a checklist. I want to find out how many of you guys are actually using a checklist on every listing appointment. Uh, so please type it in. It's really It'd be really interesting for me to, to learn that. Brian Curtis, go ahead. All right, I'm going to use my, my one minute here as a, as a uh, self, is just a completely selfish plug. So 
um, <laughs> at Listing Agent Bootcamp. You know, we are going to go over this process, and if you're going to be there, you're going to get that opportunity. So we actually have an eight-step process that I go through, and to Brian's point, every single client that you meet with should get the same experience, whether you had a fight with your spouse, whether your kid failed out of high school, or you got a car accident before you went to that listing presentation, everybody should get the same. And that's what it's all about, is every single time that anybody on my team, including me, shows up, I'm 100% sure that they get that same process. And if you're at Listing Agent Bootcamp, you get an opportunity to build out that process and take a look at it. Eight steps plus our everything that we do for marketing. So and, and it's not that my process is better than your process. It's that I have a process. Brian has a process. Anyone who is really successful at this has a process. And if you're a great agent who's just an amazing salesperson who's got away without having a process and now you're building a team and you're wondering why those people on your team don't do as well as you, it's because the process is in your head and you didn't share it with them. So no matter what, no matter if it's you, a guy who's been on your team a week or a guy who's been on your team for 10 years, when a listing presentation happens, it should happen the same every single time. Dude, that's, and that's, Brian, you're so right about that. So many people, they go on a listing appointment and it's different every time. Like one time they focus on this and one time they focus on that and then they're really good this day and they're kind of okay that day. You guys, the reason you're having these fluctuations is because you don't have a system you follow every freaking time. One of the things, Brian, and you just nailed it. I'm so excited. I just am posting this right now. I just posted the link to Listing Agent Bootcamp uh, in the comments here. You guys, Brian is not only teaching a class, he's actually doing a workshop at Listing Agent Bootcamp where you're going to come out of it. It's a 90-minute workshop inside the bootcamp. And he, you're literally going to come out of that workshop with your listing presentation done. And let me tell you, Brian's presentation is extremely different than my presentation. I'll be sharing mine at the event as well. Um, but let me tell you, his presentation works better for more people than mine does. Mine works really well for people that are kind of like me, that are high D and like, you know, kick down the front door, punch them in the face and make them sign, right? Like that, my presentation is awesome for those guys. Brian's presentation is awesome for everybody else. And it, it really is, right? I mean, and it's, and it's a very methodical presentation. It, it covers all the things you need to cover. And by the end of the presentation, you've answered all their questions. And now it's just a matter of, are there any other questions before we get started on the paperwork? Away they go, they're ready to sign. You guys, you need to have that in your business. If there's one skill that you must master right now, it's listing more homes. You have to list to last. Uh, and I love it. So um, look at this. Uh, Julian uh, says, I tell all my clients that I'm professional. I make sure we go over everything we need to uh, know that we need to so that the sale of their home is not left up to chance. Guys, Nailed it, right? Julian, I, compl I love that. And if you're, if you're doing that, essentially what that means is, uh, you know, to be professional and to ensure that we're not missing anything, you got to have a checklist. So go to clubhealth.com forward slash listing presentation, download that checklist and uh, it's free. Get it for free. All right. Any we got one minute, Michael. Yeah, we got one minute. We've got to draw for this. So I've got my envelope here. Here it is. It's the Club Wealth winner. All right. So who's going to get a big screen TV? Here we go. And this is legit, right? It's like a 50-inch big screen TV. Uh, it is legit. And we're getting it from Costco. Oh, I know this person. This is awesome. Uh, and Brian, if you know this person, maybe you can. And everybody that knows this person, uh, I want you to type their name in, tag them in the post, and uh, and you can either get shout out messages of love and congratulations or how ticked you are that they won and you didn't. Uh, but here we go. 
Angela Hom, way to go, Angela Hom! Congratulations, and uh, you have won a big, a fifty-inch big-screen TV from Club Wealth. Thank you for adding a whole bunch of agents to the Facebook group here, and uh, we will continue to run subsequent contests. Uh, so, and also, all of you that added people to the Facebook group, you're also going to get an entry for each one of those people you add into the Hawaiian Vacation Giveaway Drawing, uh, which we hold annually at our. Uh, at uh, at our Business Strategy Mastermind Conference. So, uh, Angela Hom, E-N-G-E-L-A-H-A-M. Let's see if I can get her. There we go. Angela wins the big screen TV. All right, there we go. I just typed that in. Congratulations, Angela. And Brian and Brian, very quickly, 30 seconds or less, final thoughts. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. What we do has been a combination of uh, a lot of lessons learned over time. But to Brian Curtis's point, we have a process from A to Z. And when you have that process and your team starts to grow, it can expand to more than just you. If you can teach other people to do this, you will see your success uh, increase exponentially. Yeah, and you're right about that. But you, in order to do that, you've got to have a system and a process that's duplicatable, which is where the checklist comes in. And taking all the ideas that we talked about here and adding them to your checklist. Coach Brian, you get the final word. I just want to say one of the things I heard Brian say is he's about his process is he's got a way to follow up with your sellers every week. Remember, guys, a year and a half ago when your house sold in seven seconds, you didn't have to have a process to follow up. If you don't hear anything else, have a process to follow up because if you're going to hold that listing for 90 days, if you don't want to get fired, you're going to have to communicate with that seller, follow up with them, tell them what's going on. And the other thing I love that Brian's doing, he's pre-programming them to the fact that he's going to follow up with them, ask them for price reductions during the listing presentation. The first time to ask for a price reduction is before you list the house. And uh, I appreciate that. And it's so important to, to do that. So congratulations, Brian. It sounds like you have an amazing process. Yeah, seriously. And thank you. Very, you're, I agree 100%. You guys, listen, these guys have nailed it this entire time. Listen, success is boring all right find a way to be boring right like if you want to be boring just dress like i do right like look how boring i am right blue suit blue shirt i got like 15 of these freaking shirts they're all the same right we talked about that you guys be boring go out and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and just do little tweaks little tweaks little tweaks here and there until you've got your system dialed in so you can be like brian and brian here just crushing it listing a ton of homes guys Appreciate all you've shared with us. You are awesome. Keep crushing it. Thank you for all you do for Club Wealth. Remember, everybody, inside each one of you, there's a world-class beast just dying to get out. You've got to choose to unleash that beast, though. So do a start by creating a world-class checklist that you will follow. Go steal ours. Go to clubwealth.com forward slash listings. And, oh, by the way, if you want to get Brian's exact stuff, you want to get Brian. Brian actually created a download for her for us. Brian Beatty did. So I'm going to put this into the chat right now. If you want to get exactly what he's doing for Brian's, hold on, let me put this in here. For Brian's exact system, I want you to go to that page right there. It's clubwealth.com forward slash Brian Beatty. Go to clubwealth.com forward slash Brian Beatty. You'll get his exact system. Just copy what we're doing, rip off and duplicate it. Have an awesome day, everybody. We'll see you at Listing Agent Bootcamp in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks, everybody.